Uh, we can let that play all day. Welcome back. Living the Good Life show here. we got a good one coming your way here now. I'm excited to bring on actor Daniel Furigal, who's been just constantly busy. It just seems like I don't even know if he has any free time these days. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing very well, thanks. I, uh, how are you? We are good. We were very good. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, as everyone can tell, it sounds like you're from Australia. I very much am. I'm from uh, Brisbane, Australia, and I've been in. I, I, I moved up to Los Angeles in 2013. Okay. Stay off that Hollywood Bowl stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just love Dave Chappelle so much. I had to charge. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Let's bring everyone up to speed here because you've really done a lot of great work uh, in the world of uh, entertainment. But talk about how you got started, because, you know, if you read a little bit about yourself, which is really interesting, I don't know how old you are when you started acting, but you actually, uh, did you have, like, uh, desires to perhaps one day be a veterinarian, and you just switched courses pretty quickly? Yeah, yeah, so I, I... I mean, I always wanted to be an actor. I was in uh, stage plays during school, and then I kind of got kind of talked out of it by like, oh, you know, it's it's a bit hard. Don't try, and so go in, you know, in another direction. So mm-hmm. I, I, I loved animals, so I wanted to go go in the direction of becoming a vet. So I got into college. It was the course just before the vet science. I just had to get my grades up a little bit, so I was doing that. And then about halfway through, I realized it wasn't for me. I took six months off, and then I audition for the acting school in in Brisbane I got in and basically the rest is history so I was about 18 when I uh, when I got into acting school wow cool you know talk about how you kind of found success I know you've done so much and, and you've been featured in so many great uh, series and shows from the agents of uh, shield NBC's Chicago Fire which we love and the uh, you know the the big blockbuster Pacific Rim uprising and uh, you're a published author but yeah and then obviously now you're starting in NBC's days of our lives which that's been around for I think forever it seems like yeah it's like uh, 57 years wow. right now 57 season right now so and that's, that's there are people that have been on that show i think since like the early 90s or late 80s so, yeah yeah it's been going around for a while and it is interesting it, you're, you're very correct i think that the general consensus is that it's very hard and then one day as you said you just book something and then boom your life changes overnight yeah. and that's generally how it is like every, nobody knows about you until you book this one thing but they don't realize that you've been in the industry for 10 years yep. so I, I got out of acting school I moved down to Sydney because that's kind of where it was in the acting community is in Australia it's in Sydney and Melbourne and I like potted along I, I, I didn't book my first commercial till about two years after I graduated so mm-hmm. it's just constantly auditioning 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 mm-hmm. and then I had a bit of a nice run there in Australia doing bits and pieces and then I booked a, a, a TV series that they shot over in New Zealand from uh, Stars Network which is called Spartacus right and that was basically the that was basically the first big massive show that i got on i did that for three and a half years or two and a half years i'm sorry and then from there i got management and an agency over in the united states i moved over to la as i said in 2013 and then once again you, you kind of in a way start again once you get to la mm-hmm. you plot along for a bit you, but but then you know as i said like i got like ncis i got uh, chicago fire um agents for shield yeah. and then boom uh, Days of Our Lives came along the, uh, the beginning of last year and as it, it just comes out of the blue it just you, you audition for it 
just like you do every other show, and then all of a sudden they're interested because you just happen to be right for what they're looking for. Um, they flew me out because I was in Australia at the time because it was during the pandemic, and I just went back to be with my family. And I flew, they flew me back to LA and, and I auditioned. I did a chemistry read with Alison Sweeney, who plays my wife on the show. And it went my way and, and the rest is history. So now here I am talking to you, lovely people. <laughs> hey, Dan, I got a question. Yes. Dan. Far away. Got, a, got any experience waiting on tables? No, I don't actually. I never went down that route. I, actually, no. I think I did it for about. Two, I think I went did it for about two weeks. There you go. And then yeah. I I got out. I got out of it. Um, but no, <laughs> I was. I did promotional work. You know, uh-huh. uh, very early days where you would be in a club and I would be like, you know, basically, hey, do you want to try these like cigarettes or yeah. this alcohol or something <laughs> like that? Until that became. That became illegal in Australia, where you couldn't promote cigarettes anymore. Uh-huh. Um, I worked in uh, like I worked in a blockbuster video store. I um, worked in a, a JD Hi-Fi, which is the equivalent of kind of like Best Buy and 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 like like stereo. It's like stereo systems yeah. and, and DVD players and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I did lots of little bits and pieces and things like that, but I I I only did waiting uh, for about two weeks. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You know, I gotta ask you a question because it's really it's just it's pretty awesome to see, especially a lot of the 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 successful actors who are who aren't from the U.S. They come from Australia, like yourself, or you know England, or just all over the all over the globe. And they might have to us, you know, a strong accent. You know, we probably have an accent to you. But that being said, when you look at some yeah. of like the big blockbuster movies or some of the hit series, I mean, not everyone's from America. Let's be honest. And a lot of these great actors that we see, they have accents. So you probably have to really work hard to 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 change that and to kind of sound more uh, from you know as someone uh, from here. Absolutely. Uh, on the on Days of Our Lives, I'm British, so it's okay. not much of a change for me. But when I first came over to America, I I, I think for three months straight, I just started um, speaking with uh, an American accent. And of course, when I first start off, it sounds very forced and fake, and then eventually you kind of sink into it. Yeah. And it's it's people can't really pick where it's from because I still have a little bit of my, I guess, Australian rhythm or every now and then there's a sound that comes out and they're like, where are you from? Right, right, right. And yeah. I, I think some people, yeah, some people think I'm probably maybe like the Midwest or something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Chicago's from Chicago. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, I, but yeah, it's just something that you just work on. And, um, I think a lot of Americans have trouble with British and Australian accents because a they don't really have to learn them mm-hmm. because the majority of the, con- the majority of the content out there is American, so they they just have to use the natural accents. But it's it's also quite hard the Australian accent because when we're taught to do a different accent, Americans in the back, British is in the front, mm-hmm. and Australia's right in the middle. So it's very hard it's very hard to find that balance in the middle. Plus, we're really lazy. We're like, yeah, you know, it, it sounds like. We're just kind of mum. We're just a really unrefined version of a British accent. I hear you. I hear you. Well, let's talk a little bit about fractured shards because this seems really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it's fairly new. So talk a little bit about it. 
Yeah, so Fractured Shards, it was a story that I had for a long time. It was actually a, a movie idea I had. And I have a couple of buddies in Australia who they create uh, graphic novels and comic books. And I told them about it one day and then they came back to me and said, hey, do you want to put this into graphic novel form? And I said, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd never really been in that world. And so we got together. We, we, we had a, an idea of, of a first volume. We, we wrote it all down. We, we got the storyline. We kind of had a, 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 a generic arc for where we want the storyline to go over numerous volumes. And we found uh, an, an artist who, who drew it for us. He was in Italy and a colorist who puts all the, obviously all the colors and, 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 and nice dimensions to it is in here in the, the United States. And it kind of just, it just snowballed from there. And basically the storyline is about a detective uh, or a man who is a detective who can see fractures in time. So whenever he's around traumatic events, like say a dead body or somebody that's gone through some horrible stuff, he gets his glimpses into hmm. what has happened. So he sees fractures in time and that's, that enables him to be able to, um, uh, uh, solve the crime. So he's like one of the top detectives. It's in a dystopian future, which is the district and the light. So it's like rich versus poor. Um, and as we get deeper into the volumes, we start to find out that potentially things aren't exactly what it seems. Like he, he, he could be schizophrenic. He could be this. And he has like, uh, he sees visions of people and things like that. So where, um, we've got a lot of content that we're wanting to do with it. We've, we're onto, we've just released volume two and we've got volume three and a spinoff in the works that we're uh, getting close to putting on Kickstarter again. So it's, nice. it's been a lot of fun and the, and the, and the reactions to it have been quite positive and it's, it's a really interesting format to be a part of because in a way you can kind of do whatever you want. You're not a, you're not at the mercy of any big, big corporation or anything like that. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and uh, I've had an absolute blast doing it. Oh, wow. That's great. Congratulations on that for sure. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You got a lot in common with Dan. Uh, you both uh, were with the uh, blockbuster. <laughs> when I was a kid. That is so funny. I love that. Yeah. That's about the only thing. Oh, that's I, about the only thing. I actually loved working at blockbuster. I loved just watching the movies on the TV and, yeah, and yeah. like being able to take, take 10 videos or DVDs home at a time and watch everything. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, every now and then I get kind of a little bombed out for the nostalgia of like, oh, I'd love to just go into a blockbuster and just kind of wander around and have a look to see what movies are out there. But anyway, that's so <laughs> funny. The old days. I, think, I love it. I think there's one retail location left. That's it. I think it's in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Right out in the middle of nowhere, out in Whoop Whoop. Yeah. Um, I, I think there is, isn't there one left somewhere, like in Alaska? Uh, yep, or that's something? I have that no clue. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. man. Unbelievable, Dan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about rugby. About oh, rugby. Yeah, I was going to ask you real quickly, like before oh, we go to break, rugby. Right, that's the big sport. Rugby, like, okay, yeah, that's the big sport in Australia, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's one of the big sports. Like, so um, there's rugby, there's rugby league, and yeah. there's AFL, which is Australian Football League. And I'm a rugby league person. I, I played that when growing up. It is my it's my sport. That's the one I watch. I'll get up at 3 a.m. in the morning to watch wow, it. Brisbane wow. Broncos is my team. I could I could talk oh. about that for days. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, rugby, right. just so, I mean, rugby has had so many great players who actually have filtered into the NFL world out here in the U.S. Uh, and look at if you could play rugby, or actually if you could play NFL, you could play rugby. I think rugby's way harder and uh, more intense 
and I'm sure there's a lot more injuries it, it, in that sport. It, it, there, there is. It's. I, I don't know. It's just a different kind of fitness. Like uh-huh. I've had this discussion with many people before. Like you know, I've had discussions with people who absolutely love NFL and they get very competitive. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's it's it. I wouldn't say it's better in regards to like like athlete wise. Like NFL, they're bigger, they're stronger, and faster, but for very short periods of time. Right. Whereas rugby league, they're they they are uh, stronger, faster, and uh, bigger for endurance mm-hmm. because they play for 40 minutes they play they play for 40 minutes straight yep. each half they are they're they're on offense and defense there's no switching of the teams you get four reserves and you can kind of swap them around i think eight times um and so they're just better endurance athletes whereas when they when like say jared hayne or like uh, jason tamalolo and a couple of those players come over and try their wares or valentine holmes try their wares in nfl they have to change their body. They got to get bigger. Okay. They have to get faster sure. because okay. it's a very, you know, as, as you know, NFL. You have to be brilliant at one thing. Like you're, you're a wide receiver, or you're a tight end, or something like that, or you're just this insanely huge human on the offensive line. <laughs> um, where, whereas rugby league, they're a little bit smaller, but they just they're just endurance athletes because no, they just sure. have to keep keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So neither one is better and. There's a lot of injuries, uh, but different kinds of injuries than what you would get in NFL. I hear you. It's just a different sport. Yeah. Man, we could talk forever. Yeah. Uh, obviously, continued success, though, with Fractured Shards. Uh, how do people uh, – you're on Instagram, right? The Dan Furigo? Yes, I Yes, that's correct. And also, well done for pronunciation of my name. You're like one of the first person people that i've heard say it correctly the first time well and i, I gotta give i gotta give lorena spencer all the credit she deserves <laughs> <laughs> she put me through yeah. training <laughs> yeah. hey uh, good 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 i'll send her a, i'll send her a thank you text i'll send her a thank you text yeah there so you go. at the that's my instagram uh twitter is at dg Furigal. Okay. um and uh facebook is dan Furigal as well so yeah hit me up okay. um Fractured Shards, uh, the link to be able to purchase uh, Volume 1 is uh, on the, the link in my bio. Sounds good. Mm. So Appreciate Twitter it. just reopened your account. So, so <laughs> Twitter did, just reopened did. your I, account. Yeah, I was banned for like five years, but, you know, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Great talking to you, Dan. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. There you go. More to come. Living the Good Life Show. That's right. That's how we do it. 